section thirty of greece and rome this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the world's story volume four greece and rome edited by eva march tappan section thirty in the studio of apelles fourth century b c by henry greenough the work of the greek artist apelles was so admired by alexander that it is said he refused to allow any one else to paint his portrait even when he went to asia he carried apelles with him that the most thrilling occurrences of the campaign might be immortalized by the brush of the painter the editor the small studio mentioned in our brief description of apelles's house having a steady northern light was appropriated by him to the study of careful outline drawing and effects of light and shade as it was a maxim with him never to pass a day without drawing he invariably began the day by devoting an hour or two to this important exercise a later hour found him in a larger apartment with a southern exposure whose warm and genial light he fancied gave increased power and brilliancy to his colouring in this studio his painting-room he was seated one morning contemplating a full-length portrait of alexander celebrated in after ages under the title of the thunderer in this picture he had represented his royal patron in the character of jupiter tonans against a background of ethereal azure a godlike form was seated in naked majesty upon a cloud his right hand raised in the act of hurling a glittering thunderbolt while the royal bird of jove cowered in terror at his feet the dignity of the attitude was heightened by the expression of the countenance and a dazzling brilliancy of colour which filled the eye of the beholder with veneration and awe the painter who had put the last finishing touch to his picture smiled upon it and internally pronounced it his best work euphorus and xylon who had been admitted to view it stood silently before it in speechless admiration euphorus was the first to speak i cannot conceive by what magical effect of colouring the right hand is made to stand out in such bold relief from the panel that hand and arm are glowing with the light of the thunderbolt and yet the face of the god which is much farther back preserves the local colour of flesh as fully as if it were painted in the foreground although the tone of colouring is much lower than that of the hand i see the rich mantling of the cheeks and lips heightening the fairness of an exquisite complexion apelles looked pleased i am glad that you have noticed this peculiar effect for i flattered myself that i had been happy in my attempts to produce it in painting the face i was obliged to use all my tints of the deepest and richest tone and their brilliancy arises from a careful study 
to keep them pure in juxtaposition with one another instead of blending them together the harmony which painters generally effect by blending their colouring was in this case produced by a slight coat of glazing i consider it my most successful effort may the gods grant that it may be many years before men shall know the form and features of the king only through this portrait the life of a warrior he continued with a sigh is always uncertain and i shudder to reflect that all his important victories have been gained chiefly by his impetuous courage and reckless exposure of his own life a slave here entered and announced that the king awaited apelles in the front reception-room long life to alexander and health to apelles were the salutations as the two friends clasped right hands the youthful monarch was now in the flower of manly beauty a truly majestic bearing gave additional grace to an exquisitely moulded figure and to the expression of faultless features over a tunic of white milesian wool reaching to his knees was thrown a scarlet mantle embroidered with gold his sword belt and sandal lacings sparkled with jewels on his head he wore a golden helmet of choicest workmanship the crest of which was a dragon in whose mouth an enormous diamond reflecting the prismatic rays of light shone like a trembling star over the head of a demigod although only twenty-one years of age and in the first year of his reign he had for five years been inured to the vicissitudes of the camp and the dangers of the battlefield at the age of sixteen he had by his personal bravery won for his father philip the battle of chaeronea which decided the destinies of greece my friend said alexander motioning to the painter to take a seat beside him in a day or two i propose to send an embassy to athens and the object of my visit this morning is to inquire whether you are willing to join it the king is only to command even my life replied the loyal subject thanks gentle apelles your life is too dear to me to be placed in any danger your mission is one of peace not that i mean to impose on you the uncongenial task of diplomacy but by joining the train of the embassy you can render me several important services you are aware that during this first year of my reign my throne has not been a bed of roses on the death of my father philip the confederate states of greece threw off the macedonian supremacy while the barbarians of the north threatened my dominions prompt measures were required thebes which had been most active in the revolt readily submitted and sued for pardon when i by a rapid march appeared before her gates the other states followed her example with the exception of lacedaemonia and at an assembly held at corinth i was elected to command an expedition against persia as formerly as my father had previously been returning home i made preparations for my northern expedition 
an army of thirty thousand warriors is ready to march in the meantime rumours of renewed rebellious movements at thebes and athens daily come to my ears demosthenes hyperides and other athenian orators vie with each other in denouncing me and falsely accuse me of having broken my faith pledged in solemn treaty darius is sending large sums of money to the athenians and must be counteracted my ambassadors will offer conditions accompanied by threats in case of refusal which make me confident of their acceptance thus i shall be able to put my plans in operation at once the ostensible object of your mission is to purchase pictures statues and books to enrich my collection here my friend and former instructor aristotle has after an interval of seven years resumed his lectures at athens i have other friends there who form a strong party in my favour they must be increased among my opponents are many needy men who are influenced only by what they think their interest they must be bought this however forms no part of your commission i know the athenian character well enough to be sure that an artist of your eminence will be everywhere well received and i trust to the devotion of your friendship to keep alive among the most cultivated athenians a sentiment favourable to my cause we have had many conversations together and you understand my sentiments and policy which are studiously misrepresented at athens this proposition so flattering to the artist was the result of alexander's high appreciation of his friend's social and intellectual qualities he reflected that so illustrious a person as apelles a man of elegant and insinuating manners would be welcomed with rapture in the clubs and the refined society of athens the best houses would be thrown open at his approach he would be invited to every fashionable and literary symposium and the part he would take in the artistic scientific political and philosophical discussions considering his well-known intimacy with the youthful monarch could not fail to hold in check whatever tendencies there might be among the more cultivated athenians to make an attempt to assert the supremacy of the demos apelles expressed his sense of the honour which his royal master had conferred upon him and his pleasure in embracing an opportunity of visiting athens and executing so congenial a commission as the purchase of works of art i have much to say resumed alexander which must be deferred until dinner-time when i hope for the pleasure of your company at the palace i am momently expecting the arrival of some friends who are desirous of seeing your works how comes on the thunderer it is just completed and i was on the point of requesting the honour of showing it to you i will order my pupils to be in attendance i may require their services in compliance with the request of their master the two pupils were standing on either side of the open door of apelles's painting-room as alexander followed by a train of courtiers approached in the pale and nervous features of one a careful observer would have recognised the timid shrinking and snail-like disposition of xylon while the sparkling eye 
and animated expression of his companion indicated the buoyant and excitable temperament of euphorus as alexander walking with apelles conversed with him in a low and confidential tone the others followed at a respectful distance the slowness of their ceremonious entrance enabled euphorus to overhear the remarks of a voluble speaker who was one of the last to enter what is the name of this phoenix of painters asked he in a slow distinct but drawling tone apelles mine ears have been sadly bored of late by a constant repetition of monotonous syllables on my way to this capital i heard of nothing but pella pella the very frogs of the marshes through which the lydias flows croaked pella pella what lake is that asked i of my guide he answered the lake of pella and those baths undoubtedly are fed by a perennial spring what is its name the spring of pella and now you tell me that your great painter is apelles apelles who is that contemptible fop asked xylon of euphorus the two pupils were standing near the door while the ceremony of presenting his friends individually to apelles was performed by alexander it is philetaris nicknamed the peacock he is an ambassador to this court from sybaris a city renowned above all others for the luxury of its inhabitants he appears to be a fair specimen of his effeminate countrymen he laments the parsimony of those who administer public affairs and boasts that his entire salary only pays the wages of his cook the rest of his expenses being defrayed out of his private fortune at last their ceremonies are ended what a noble presence and bearing distinguishes the king he has as you know a slight but not ungraceful inclination of the head towards the right his courtiers in the emulation of their flattery seem unable to caricature sufficiently this peculiarity behold them now arrayed in a long line with their necks awry to such a degree that i can think of nothing but a row of chickens upon a roost all afflicted with the pip philetaris has just given his neck an extra ring which seems to indicate that his last minute has arrived peace euphorus your loud conversation will be overheard said xylon cautiously apelles here motioned to his pupils to assist him in moving the picture into a favourable light as soon as it was adjusted a unanimous exclamation of bravo was followed by a few moments of silent admiration each one discovered some striking excellence which he commented upon in terms equally complimentary to the artist and the sitter philetaris who piqued himself upon the possession of a most refined and exquisite taste was the only one who ventured to offer a criticism i know nothing of art said he with affected modesty but with the permission of the renowned apelles will venture a suggestion for his consideration i admire with all of you the wonderful power and brilliancy of the right hand holding the thunderbolt but cannot but regret that it is effected by the entire sacrifice of a more important feature namely the face which is represented as less fair nay dark and swarthy in comparison with that of the original 
observe continued he placing his own small and delicately formed hand before the picture what a contrast and yet my complexion is much darker than that of the king pardon me said apelles smiling that is hardly a fair test the different parts of a picture should be compared with one another not with sensible and tangible objects it is like expecting a poet who describes a flower to create its perfume by the mere use of words this indisputable defect resumed the critic offends my taste however less than the posture of the figure the introduction of a downy velvet cushion would have added richness of colour and have given a certain air of ease and regal state which i find wanting the sight of a naked figure seated upon a cold damp cloud sends a shuddering through my whole nervous system like that of an ague my teeth actually chatter during the latter part of this speech he slowly receded step by step towards a chair in order to repose after the delivery of this elaborate specimen of sybarite refinement observing his motions euphorus who was holding a palette richly laden with an assortment of fresh colours slyly and unobserved by all placed it upon the seat of the chair into which the ambassador sank with an air of exhaustion mistaking the smile of contempt visible on the countenances of his hearers for one of applause he continued in my travels i have seen many exquisite specimens of the noble art of painting but none which affected my imagination so powerfully as one by zeuxis representing dercy bound to a savage bull the composition drawing and colouring were all faultless but the most striking feature of the picture which riveted the eye of the beholder was the tail of the animal which was painted in such a masterly manner that it actually protruded two cubits from the plane of the picture ye gods such a triumph of art such a brilliant effect of colouring here he rose and stalked up and down the room like an actor on the stage after the delivery of a fervent burst of eloquence the sight of his robe besmeared with all the colours of the rainbow caused a universal shout of laughter philetaris paused and looked around with an expression of inquiring amazement my friend said alexander scarcely able to speak articulately hadst thou been seated upon a cloud it had been far easier to have wrung the folds of thy garments free from moisture than to remove the rich effect of colouring which now adorns thy person the heart of philetaris failed him when to his consternation he learned the cause of their merriment but he was too thoroughly drilled in the art of self-possession to betray his emotion look you my friend said he exhibiting the woeful plight of his raiment see what magical changes can be effected in a moment this tunic cost me fifty talents and i will now sell it for as many drachmas nay said apelles the damage is less serious than you imagine these are only water-colours euphorus shall conduct you into the next room where a slave who is expert in the business shall restore your robe to its primitive whiteness 
why is it my apelles asked alexander as the figure of the crestfallen ambassador vanished through the open doorway that when an ignorantly presumptuous person ventures to express his opinion in matters of art he always prefaces his remarks by a declaration that he has no knowledge of the subject surely this should be a strong inducement for him to keep silence i think that an inordinate self-conceit leads him to arrogate to himself a natural and instinctive acumen superior to the knowledge of those who have made a study of art alexander turning sharply round towards euphorus who had just returned fixed upon him a serious and steady look tell me youth was it an accident which befell our ambassador or had you a hand in contriving it euphorus coloured slightly but without hesitation replied i will not add to my indiscretion o king the crime of falsehood i placed the palette on the seat purposely and wherefore asked alexander i was irritated by his impertinent criticism of the best parts of my master's work the thought of making him appear ridiculous was the impulse of a moment which made me forget what was due to your royal presence alexander smiled graciously and drawing from his finger a ruby ring made with it a gesture of sealing the lips of all present and presented it to euphorus with a purse of gold not a syllable of this to philetaris take these as a reward first for impulsive courage and secondly for your frank and manly confession from this specimen of your truth i would trust you with untold gold euphorus silently bowed a graceful acknowledgment of the unexpected honour and retired to the side of the astonished xylon who had anticipated a very different catastrophe after an absence of a few minutes philetaris returned with a radiant countenance and a spotless garment alexander charging apelles to be punctual at dinner added in a whisper you must take the youth euphorus with you to athens he is a boy after my own heart his company will amuse you and in case of any emergency i am sure he will not lack presence of mind or courage he then departed evidently in the best of humours towards his home escorted by his companions End of section thirty this recording is in the public domain.